Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Man, oh man, well this has been so good. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to, if you don't have your Bible, that's fine. Just uh, look on the screen. We'll have the scripture references for you. Matthew chapter 9 is where we're going to start. But the Lord heard some rumors about the people of McKinney. And so he wanted to, he wanted to see if it was true what he was hearing. So he sent an angel down to see if what he heard was true. And so this angel came down to McKinney and not too much longer later came back up to heaven to report. She said, Lord, uh, 25%, only 25% of the people in McKinney are good people. And, uh, and 75% are, are evil. And he said, I don't have to get another opinion on that. So he sent a second angel down. He said, now I want you to be thorough. You don't just come back quick. I want you to spend some time and get a, get a good analysis of the situation. So the angel went several weeks. He was in McKinney. He came back with a report that thick. The Lord looked at it, and the report read that there only 5% of the people in McKinney were good, and 95% were, at, were bad. The Lord shook his head for a moment. He said, you know, I'm not going to worry about that. No worries. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to send out a text message to, five, to that good 5%, and I'm going to encourage them what to tell the 95%. You know what the text message said? Oh, you didn't get it? <laughs> well, it's a good thing you're in church then. All right. <laughs> Today, we're on our second, second day of uh, the series, Forces of Life. Last week, we talked about Seed sowing, right? That we move from sin conscious to seed conscious. Understanding and evaluating every thought and every word and every action in our life, see it as a seed. And that, that what you sow, the Bible says, is what you will reap. The, the, the seed produces after its own kind. And so it's important that you see the harvest in the seed before you plant the seed. That is, if I make this choice, if I say this, or if I take this action, take this step, go to this place, what will it produce for my life? Will it bring my life into a better place, or will it continue to pull me away from where God has me? Are you hearing me? All right? We, I, th this law was set in motion a long time ago in the beginning. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest is going to work. It's going to be here. Thank God Almighty that the moment we, came, we, came, we became believers, we... we uh, uh, became born again. We put our faith in Christ and were made a new creation. Thank God that everything that all those seeds that were sown, <laughs> done, canceled. Amen. But the but seed time and harvest works for everyone, whether you're a believer or not. And so I don't know about you, but I found this to be true that it's important that I watch what I say to my wife. That can either produce Good or bad? Yeah. It's, imp it's important how I perform on my job. Because it either means that the boss is going to give me a raise or he's just going to tolerate me or fire me. Hmm? Is there seed sown? Today I want to talk to you for a few minutes about your belief system. And this is a force in your life. If you don't if you do not believe the right things, your life will go in a bad direction. 
And it's important that you evaluate what you believe. It's important to evaluate why you believe it. Good intentions don't make up for wrong beliefs. All right? You can be going down a highway thinking you're going the right way and be going down the wrong way. I did that one time. Five, a four-lane road in San Angelo, Texas. I was driving at night, and I thought, man, there's nobody on this road. And I'm just driving along. All of a sudden, I top the hill, and all this traffic's coming right at me. I realized I'm at the wrong place at the wrong time in the wrong lane. First thinking all of them were idiots, right? <laughs> I was on my way home. But I was going the wrong way, right? So good intention or not, that's not going to avoid a head-on collision, right? So a person can have it right in their head or right in their heart but wrong in their head. If a guy believes 1 plus 1 equals 3, every math problem that he tries to solve is going to be wrong, Right? Amen. Matthew chapter 9, verse 29. Jesus, he touched their eyes. That is the blind man. He said, according to your faith, let it be to you. The message says, become what you believe. You become what you believe. So how many of you know it's important to believe the right thing? Right? Why, why continue to believe something that always gives you something you don't want? Right? So it's important that you confront and change your beliefs and create a more positive life and future. And you really can change what you believe. Amen. You're not a victim to circumstances. You're not a victim to what your parents taught you or didn't teach you. You're not a victim to the kind of family you were raised in or, you know, having that sorry uncle that you got. You're not, those things don't determine, it's what you really believe on the inside. I mean, I can stand up here all day and tell you how good God is and all the wonderful things about God, but that's not going to do anything for you until you believe it for yourself. Until you, what do you say? Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, some say you're Elijah, some say John the Baptist. He said, but who do you say that I am? Right? And everybody in this building has to answer that question. Who do I say Jesus is? Who do you say God is? Because who you believe he is is ultimately, that will ultimately determine what you believe that he can and will do for you in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. I love the gospel. I do. I love the gospel. I, I don't like that some people don't know how to declare it. There was a man who was a private in an army, and he had the, the wonderful duty of, of dishing out yams in the mess hall. And so he decided, you know what, I'm going to have fun with this. So um, he decided to do a test. And, and as, the, as the soldiers came by with their trays... The first time he served the yams, he said, you don't want any yams, do you? And 80-something percent of them denied the yams. Well, time came again for him to serve yams. Hopefully it's not that often, you know. But he's serving, he's got this little scoop there with the yams, and this time he decides to do something different. And as they came through the line, he said, one scoop or two. Ninety-five percent of them took the yams, whether it was one or two. <laughs> you, I mean, you can change what you believe. You can change how you see it just by the way it's presented to you. That's right. See, so many, so many preach the gospel as in you must repent, you must stop this, stop this, stop this, stop this, stop this, so that you can get in a right relationship with God. Sorry, bozo, that ain't the gospel. That's not the gospel. And people hear that and they go, what's the point? I mean, we're helpless to save ourselves. But when you hear Jesus Christ died for your sins... He was buried in a tomb, 
and he rose again from the dead. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's the gospel. The gospel has nothing to do with what I can do. The gospel has everything to do with what Jesus did, and all I have to do is believe in his power to save me. Amen? Now see, when you hear the gospel like that, that's pretty irresistible. I don't know if somebody really heard the gospel that way. Well, they're just a knucklehead if they refuse it then, right? And that's irresistible. To, to know that this love has come to you, that's just hard to refuse that kind of love. Knowing that God loves you so much that he gave you his son. He gave Jesus up for you. Woo! Once decided upon, listen, your belief system will be a tremendous force in your life and your future. What do you believe about your circumstances? What do you believe about your family? What do you believe about your marriage? What do you believe about your business or your career? What do you believe about your health? What do you believe about the future ahead of you? I want to give you five quick questions to help you confront your beliefs, all right? Are you with me? All right, number one, do you believe that God is good and that he wants to give you good things. You have to have that settled in your heart because you're going to run into circumstances out there that are going to tell you contrary. Mm -hmm. Anybody ever ask the question, Lord, where are you? <laughs> yeah. You have to know, you have to have a resolve in your heart that God is good and he wants to give me good things. Yeah. Matthew chapter 7, verse 9, says, Jesus is saying, Or what man is there among you if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, did Jesus just define what a good gift was? I believe he did. And how did he define it? Giving them what they asked for. How did he define a good gift? Giving them what they asked for. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? <laughs> so I can believe that when I pray that God considers a good gift, give me what I asked for. Because I've heard other stuff. I mean, I'm telling you, I've heard the sermons. Well, you can pray, but God knows best. God knows best. Scripture and verse, please. Please show me that in the Bible. Because I, I see this. I see this in the Word. That what I ask for, it's a good thing to give me what I ask for. That's what my Heavenly Father likes to do. I like to do that for my children. Huh? Anybody ever given their kids a snake instead of breakfast? Hmm? You wouldn't do that. All right. I promise you, your standard is not higher than God's. As good as you think you are, not even close to how good God is. <sighs> Amen. Pastor Eric, you're just really blessing me today. You know what the truth is? It's really difficult to approach somebody <laughs> when you think they don't want to give you what you're asking for. Right? When you know that if you ask for it, you're going to get... <sighs> Or, if they give it to you, there are these little strings attached to it, right? They're going to hold it over your head, right? That's, that's difficult to do. Pastor Shane and I were at, 
at a restaurant a few days ago, and on the back of the menu it said, no substitutions. A dollar will be charged for any substitutions. Well, which is it? The answer is no. But if you want it, it's going to cost you. Right? Okay. Okay. Good customer service. That's why I love Starbucks. It doesn't matter what you say. They don't, they never go, I don't think we can do that. I mean, have you ever stood in line, you heard somebody up there, and they're so particular about what they want? I want 140 degrees. I want soy milk, but I only want an inch high of soy milk. And then I want you to pour a quarter inch of, 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 of vanilla sugar or whatever it is, syrup. And then, and then I, I need two, just two, like this, two sprinkles of cinnamon. And I want, I want my foam not too fluffy. Not too flat. I want it to stand up, but I don't want it to stand up too high. Okay? And you know what they do? They say they go, okay. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, if I work at Starbucks, I'd say, get out of here. Get out of here. You've, you're wasting everybody's time. <laughs> you're going to get what I give you. That's all there is to it. Well, that's what I love about this place. They, uh, right? She, this girl used to work for Starbucks, and you had to deal with some stuff, didn't you? Had to deal with some folks. But, I mean, I love that. But I love that. They give you what you want. Yeah, whatever. whatever. Make it up. We'll, we can make it happen. I love it. That's good. So God has so beautifully declared to us in his word that a good gift is that which you've asked for. Do you believe that? Do, can you believe it's true for you? Not that it's just true for the world or good people, but that it's true for you. Because if you can believe it's true for you, anything's possible. Amen. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Because the truth is, it's not about the nature of the recipient in receiving that good gift. It's all about the nature of the one that's giving the gift. Well, what is God's nature like? Well, let's think about heaven for a moment. This is where God lives, right? This is the environment he lives in. And there's no sickness. Where God is, there's no sorrow, no depression, no mourning, no pain, no suffering, no lack. Because the word of God runs uninhibited, unhindered, and unlimited in heaven. The Bible says in Psalm 119, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Settled, it's established, it's done. So the will of God is complete, is a 100% done in heaven. How is it that men can say, well, whatever happens on the earth is God's will? Then God is a schizophrenic. How can it be so great in heaven and so terrible on earth and both of them be his will? That makes no sense. That's why Jesus said you have to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. See, God's not just interested in getting you into heaven. He wants to get heaven into you right here and right now. Amen. Woo, you get that word settled in your heart. When it gets settled in the heart of a man, that man will experience heaven on earth. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two. First one is, do you believe that God is good and that he wants to give good things to you? Number two, do you believe the Bible enough to make all your decisions based on its guidance? I mean, you'll look at a map and trust that what is written there will take you from where you are to the destination you are hoping for. And I love today that we have GPS and you got GPS on your phone. But I don't know about you, but it's not always taking me to the right place. 
Derek and I were looking for a, a, a lumber store months ago, and he had it in his phone. We're following the voice commands, you know, just riding along, not, not even paying attention to where we're going because the GPS is guiding us, right? We're just riding along, turn left here, and some turn left. And we end up out in this neighborhood, a residential neighborhood, in a cul-de-sac, and it says, you have arrived at your destination. <laughs> really? They have lumber in the garage here? What's going on? <laughs> Took us the wrong way. And that's happened on, on a few occasions, but more often than not, it's right. More often than not, it takes us to the right place. Now, how many of you here have been, t- have been led in the wrong direction by your GPS? Let me, I want to see your hand. <laughs> yeah. Did you quit using it as a result? No? You just keep taking the risk, don't you? Even though, even though it's been inaccurate at times, I, I would love to do it again. Huh? Chalk it up for an adventure. As my, my good friend, Miss Jody Harmon, used to always say. But the Bible's 100% accurate. It's infallible. Are we crazy not to believe it and understand that it will take you to the destination that it has promised every single time without fail? God can be trusted. And if you'll just be daring enough to say, all right, your word is a lamp unto my feet. Your word is a light unto my path. And where you say I'm going, that's where I'm going. If you've promised it, I want to be there at that destination. Amen. Do you believe the Bible enough to make all your decisions based upon its guidance? Because the Word of God is tested, it's tried, and true. Amen? When I was growing up, we grew up in church. I had friends, you know, when they were at home, they heard we don't have time for church. And so they didn't go as a result. My house, not so. We make time for church or you die. That's the Eric Holler translation of John Holler's teaching. He would say it in such a way that I knew if I even tried to buck it. He might not even said, or you die, but I just knew that. Yeah, that's going to happen if I don't go to church. I'm going to die. And so we did. And my dad told me when I, when I became 16 years old, and he said, time to go get a job. He said, but if you go in that interview, he said, you better tell them you need Sundays off. And if they don't let you off on Sundays, you don't take the job. Because nothing replaces your time in the house of God. I don't care what amount of money they're throwing at you. No amount of money can even compare to the riches that you find in the house of God. There's no, there's no sports. There's no hobbies out there that can be f- fulfilling and as exciting as being in the house of God, serving God's people, serving your purpose. Amen. I mean, there's just nothing like sleeping in. It will not refresh you. I'm not talking to you. You're here. Sleeping in, it won't refresh you. Like coming to the house of God, lifting your hands in worship, hearing the word of God preached to you by a pastor who loves you enough to tell you the truth. Amen. To encourage you that no matter whatever you're facing in life, God is on your side. So I'm here to tell you, God is on your side. I mean, is that... Can you, can you find that kind of peace in sleeping longer? No. Number three, what do you believe about your health? Do you believe that it is God's will for you to be healthy and whole all the days of your life? It's that's so important that you, that you know for a fact one way or another because you will get what you believe. Let me ask you a question. Is it your will that you live your life healthy and whole all the days of your life? I'm asking you that because some people, they love to be sick. 
Hmm? And I don't love to be sick, but they love to invite everybody to their party. Call them up, Facebook. I'm so sick today. <laughs> and then, man, people start commenting. Oh, I love all that. Mm, thank you, thank you. Mm. Man, there's a world out there outside of that computer. Try to go live in it. Amen. It's awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> Luke 17, 19. Jesus said to them, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. So if your faith makes you well, guess what? Your faith can also make you sick. Because if you believe that's what's supposed to be in your life, if you believe that, that, that sometimes God heals and some. Sometimes he doesn't, sometimes he does good, and sometimes not. Then you're going to have that. You're just going to have that in your life. Now, I have to tell you this. When I read the Bible, I mean, it's, it's clear. There's no doubt where God stands on the subject of healing. Men doubt it, but God, God doesn't doubt it. He doesn't doubt it at all. You know why? Because he has forever... He has forever etched his will in stripes, covenant marks on the back and the body of his precious son. That's his stance. And why would he do that to him if he's just going to do whatever he wants to anyway? If one day he thinks you ought to be sick and one day he thinks you ought to be well. Why does his son bear those horrific scars? Hmm? He already settled it. The Bible says it pleased him to bruise him. Why? So you could be healthy and whole all the days of your life. By his stripes, you are healed. Not by your stripes. He was broken. So you don't need brokenness so you can learn healing. Give me a, give me a flipping break. That's a slap in the face to what God did for you. Amen. Amen. I promise you. Man, oh man. You don't need to get sick so that you can find out what healing is. That's not God's plan. And besides that, you're just not that awesome. Because if, if, you, if, if you think it comes from you that it happens, then what's the point of what Jesus did? Amen? What's the point? Well, I don't know what the Lord's teaching me, but I wish he'd hurry up. And the devil's over there going, <laughs> I love this. God gets all the credit. You just have to have the audacity to believe God. That he himself bore your sickness and carried your pain. He endured the Roman scourge. He suffered the grief. He was a man of sorrow so that you and I could be healthy and whole all of our days. But you have to believe that. You have to settle that in your heart that it's God's will for you to be healthy and whole every time. That way, because when sickness comes, when pain comes, you have the opportunity right there. You can reject it and say, no, 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 that's not mine. Jesus paid for healing from me. He paid for healing from me. I don't receive that. Or you can just receive it right into your life. Cuddle up right up next to that little devil and enjoy it. Hmm? Just stay under the blankets. Oh, so sick. Vo Number four. All right, come on. I'm, I'm helping you. I'm not hurting you today if you'll receive this. All right, number four. Do you believe the things you hope and pray for will be a reality in your life? 
Or is it this kind of thing? Come on, seven, come eleven. Huh? Spin the great lottery wheel in heaven. Hopefully it'll land on healing this time. Hopefully it'll land on uncommon favor. Hopefully it'll land on blessing. Hopefully it'll land, huh? Now, this is how people pray all the time. See, when you believe something is impossible, then your mind will go to work to reason out why it's impossible. Your mind, your mind, it's, it's, it's the duty of your mind to produce a rationale and a reasoning for your beliefs. But if you believe something is possible, your mind will go to prove why it's possible. Yeah? This is called a stronghold. Now, a stronghold can be good or bad. A good stronghold is one that is, is, is well-developed, fortified place of faith. And a bad stronghold is a place of negative and destructive thoughts. And these are the beliefs that you'll stand and fight for. They really are. These strongholds are the beliefs that you'll stand and fight for. I'm telling you, I can get, I've talked to people that have had the, the, the negative stronghold in their life, and I can give them Scripture all day long, and they'll fight me to the death on it. Because they're convinced of what they believe rather than what the Word of God says. 1 John 5, 14 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, everybody say anything, according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we've asked of Him. Knowing that God hears you is good enough to know if He hears me, it's as good as done. Oh, but Pastor Eric, you see the stipulation, the caveat, if you will, that it must be according to His will. Sometimes God's answer is no. Sometimes God's answer is slow. Sometimes. Okay, then what is his will? Well, we can't know the will of God. It's so mysterious and so he's sovereign in all of his ways. Okay, but there's a scripture that tells me that it, uh, to, to not be unwise but understand the will of the Lord. So if the Bible commands me to understand the will of God, then I have to do it. I have to do it. He tells me to understand it. Well, how am I going to understand it? The Bible is his will. So when I read the Bible, I find out what his will is. Man, two plus two equals four all of a sudden. Huh? That's so refreshing. You've got to know it's his will. Okay, well, let's see what he said. Let's, let's, see, what Jesus, let's see what Jesus taught us. Because he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, right? All right? Jesus said, Mark eleven twenty two. 22, have faith in God. Verse 23, for whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that whatever things he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Verse 24, therefore I say to you, whatever things you desire when you pray, here's the caveat, believe you receive them and you shall have them. That's how I pray according to the will of God. That I believe, I receive it. That I'm not just praying amiss and I'm hoping, I'm wishing. No, I say, God, I believe right now that what you say is true. And I believe that when I come to you, I believe you that whatever I ask for, that's exactly what I get. And I receive that into my life. That's the will of God. Whew, isn't that beautiful? Amen. Oh, I have to skip over so much. Last one. Do you believe that everything that happens to you will benefit you? Because if you don't, it won't. If you do, it will. Everything that happens. Now, I did not say, do you believe that everything that happens to you is the will of God? Because it's not the will of God. Not everything that happens to you is the will of God. 
What I'm saying is whatever situation you find yourself in, there is this amazing promise that's found in Romans 8.28 that says, And we know all things, all things, all things work together for good to those who love God and are the called according to His purpose. That means there's a benefit for you in every situation. But you have to be settled and resolved in the fact that God is good. And the, and, and the end of your situation is good. That he's going to take you from whatever place you are in into good. Amen. Amen. And you have a, you have a very good reason to hold on to that. The Bible says, James 1.13, let no one say when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. That word tempt is a big word. It's the Greek word uh, perazzo. Everybody say perazzo. And it means, it means an attempt, an endeavor, a test, a trial, a mm, test, trial. These aren't coming from God. It says, let no one say that God's doing that. But people do it. They say it all day long. Well, he's not the author of your trials. But when you're being tested and you're being tempted, and when you're in a trial, that's the opportunity to count it all joy because God's in your life. He's not left you. He's been right there with you all along. And he's going to turn this thing around for good. James 1.16, you can hold on to this. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation nor shadow of turning, which means he is good and he's never going to change that. He's not going to be good one day and bad the next. He's not going to bless you one day and curse you the next. He's going to bless and he's going to be good all the time because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So choose to confront and change your beliefs with these questions because they are a force that are taking you right into your future. You can have what you believe. What do you believe, though? Challenge that belief by what you see in the Word of God and change your belief if that's necessary. Amen? So that you can have whatever you ask. You can have the God kind of life flowing through your life every day of your life. Amen. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.